every Sunday, that churches open their doors to communities around the world for people to fellowship, to worship, to grow, and to renew their spirits with a hope found only in the Word of God. But for many, Sunday is a day like any other. extension of the church, Gideons meet people where they are, by placing Bibles in the traffic lanes of life, and by personally sharing the message of true hope with the weary traveler, the sick and discouraged, with all generations, in small towns and in major cities, across time zones and countrysides, and to the ends of the earth. So men, and girls can learn who they are in Christ and experience life as children of God. Gideons have never done this work alone. It's churches, just like yours, who make their work powerful and effective in different cultures and languages throughout some 200 countries, territories, possessions across the globe. Gideons are members of churches first, dependent on God's people for support through prayer, giving, and a growing membership. Because in the end, we're all carrying out one vision, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. second, I looked at him. The Holy Spirit prompted me, and I asked that man, I said, were you ever in the military? This guy had a Harley Davidson jacket on, and he had some kind of nice boots on. Pretty rough looking dude. Maybe looked like probably a divorce process. He straightened up a little bit, and he says, yes, I was in the Marines. walked up, he says, if I take that little book from you, I'm going to trash it. So as we stood and chatted for a couple seconds about the service, I was able to take the Gideon New Testament. There are help sections in the front. It tells people how to be helped if they have time for trouble, if they're scared, worried. It tells them where it's at in the New Testament. It's got pages on scriptures. And I was able to take it. In fact, just very briefly, there's a plan of salvation. God loves us. We're all sinners, and Christ died for us. 
prayer of repentance, pray, praise the, uh, pray that and sign your name if you believe it. He took that little New Testament, stuck it in his pocket, and walked out. I don't know what happened to that man. I'm still waiting for him to come back because he had some incredible things happen. You never know where you're going to come across people that need God up and down the streets of Moline area and other areas. Every house you look at, those people need Appreciate the witness of this church, Pastor, of what you stand for in the Word. And this church, how it's been so faithful to support the Gideons over the years. And uh, John and Joyce Lucas sitting back in the back there. I believe you've been Gideons for over 30 years uh, in the ministry. And just faithful, faithful servants of God. church regularly supports the Gideons by giving money in lieu of flowers and in lieu of passage of faith. I'll get a check in the P.O. box in Siegel that says, for the Gideons, and I open that up and it says, in memory of lieu of flowers. I'm so thankful for that. <clears throat> that money almost all goes overseas. The Gideons are in 200 countries. We have Bibles in over 100 different languages. And as we get those Bibles out, many of those countries don't have the funds to pay for the Bibles that they need. And so they look back to other countries like the United States and some of the other larger countries to supply them with scriptures. And that's where that money goes to. Almost the majority of that money goes overseas. A small amount stays here locally, helps pay for like the, uh, the fair that we just had in Allegheny. We gave out over 2,000 New Testaments at that fair. You know, as, as we prayed uh, before that prayer started, we prayed for months and months ahead of time. And we prayed that God would send into that building, down the aisle, in front of our booth, those that needed a miracle. That needed to know he was personally going to save. So we didn't think it was just an accident that people came by and forgot that the New Testament was there. We felt that was a had Hurricane Ian down, uh, Ian down in Florida. And one of the Gideons down there sent a note out and he says, I went to a food distribution. I loaded up some Bibles in my car. I wasn't quite sure I was going to go. I saw a church that was doing a food distribution. Cars lined up to get food. This is right after a hurricane happened in the southwest corner here. And he says, <clears throat> so I stopped. I thought, well, this would be a good place to talk to people and hand out scriptures. Boxes of Bibles out. There's a hundred New Testaments in the box. He brought a couple boxes out, and the pastor, which he didn't know was a pastor, just a man in line, yelled at him and said, "Hey, Bible man, move it down a little bit. You're slowing things up." And so he walked over and talked to him. He says, "Well, I see you're having trouble controlling the, the flow of traffic here. Can I help you?" He says, "I would love to help." And so he was there, able to help take the flow of that traffic. And as people came by, it would, it would slow down. a young man that came by, and he felt led to talk to that young man. And he told him, he says, did you know that right out in front of the church this morning there was a bad accident? 
said, you know, we, we never know when our day is going to come. And he looked at the guy and he said, if you were to die tonight, how confident are you that you would go to heaven? Testament gave it to me, and went through the plan of salvation step by step. I call it the Lord's Prayer. That's what I call it. And he was able to take him through that plan of salvation. He asked him, he says, what's your name? He says, my name's Joshua. He says, Joshua, that's a Bible name. He says, yeah, my grandpa had one. And uh, so he knew he had a Bible name. He just didn't know anything about it. But he was able to pray that prayer of repentance, and he came in with groceries that day, and he drove out. Praise the Lord for that. Praise the Lord for the Gideon that was faithful to do that. He grabbed some Bibles and go down there and pray. And faithful churches like yours that gave that to, to the Gideons. We're so thankful for that. You know, Gideons are an association of Christian professional businessmen. And as we, uh, we heard in the video, we're all members of local churches. We serve uh, voluntarily. There's no Gideons when they go overseas to Bangladesh or India or other countries that are being sent. Those men and women all live there. And so if you go over to these foreign countries, Cambodia, wherever, those people live in that country. They know the culture. They know how to get to the hospitals, the hotels, the schools, the prisons, and other areas because that's what they did. And it's a thing that God's put together. 115 years ago, the Gideons started. Two men got together uh, while they were traveling and decided we ought to start putting Bibles in hotels and telling people about Jesus. And for the first 15 years, that's all they did was tell people about Jesus. And that's a lot of what the Gideons do today is Christian witnessing. But we're just thankful for that relationship that God has put together. At Western Michigan University over here, we just had uh, Sargon School. We had Gideons on that campus, and they were able to hand out and pastor 800 those students, Carol and I have been there, and as they're standing on that campus, they come by fast. They're moving. And so you're able to, I've got a gift for you. And they hand them a little free New Testament. And many times they'll take that New Testament and throw it in their backpack and run off. If I can, I have to help them. There's a place in the Baptist sign in there. I can't find it. I couldn't find it. Open it up and look at that little room and something. The Holy Spirit's been involved in so many foreign students. Thankful for that. Isaiah 55 11 says, God's word will not return void, but will accomplish everything for which he promised it. We believe that. I know you do too. That as we send out Bibles, and Bibles are placed one by one in Gideon's, the hotels, the hospitals, the nursing homes, those places, that God's going to change lives because his word does not return void. Right over here in Allegan, there were some ladies. I'm not sure if they were part of that group that went out. But they were placing New Testaments in the doctor's offices that day, medical offices. And as they went in, there was one of the offices, like you usually see, you can't get back in the back of the office. So they asked the lady at the desk, how many people do you have in the back? And she told them. And they took those Bibles and left them with her and left. But not too long after that, I was at our church, and we have a doctor who goes to our church and works he said to me, he says, I, I need to tell you something. He says, there were some people came in our office the other day and said they had little New Testaments, and 
a lady in the front came and put one on every desk back in the back. No, that's good. But he says what she didn't realize was that my PA was my assistant. She's a people stuff. She walked in the office. She said, Pastor, look what somebody put was able to say, you know, well, that's not only the New Testament, it's Psalms and Proverbs. He said her next comment was, isn't Proverbs a book of wisdom? He says, so her and I agreed that we would go through Proverbs and read Proverbs because it's a book of wisdom. She would do it that way. Praise God. She's got God's word. She's got the spirit drawing her. You just trust the Lord. He'll take care of it. You guys are taking care of it right now. You know, during the last two years, we've been locked down.
Americans have an opportunity to do something very important, and that is to vote. We get a chance to say something to this republic. We get a chance to put people in place. I know that you establish government. I know that you put it into order, and that you're the one who controls all things. But I pray, God, and I thank you that you've given us this privilege to be able to share our voices. And I pray that many people would look to you and the, the truth of the Scriptures
why I appreciate being able to crack up open with you. It means the world to me because we're going through the Psalms right now. And when God sought out Gideon in the Bible, very interesting story because he had to be convinced that the Lord really wanted him to be the one to lead the people. Gideon was a man who hid. He hid from God. He hid from the angel of the Lord. It's an interesting story. And God had to prove himself to Gideon over and over again just to prepare him for a victory he was going to have in a battle that he was going to have to go and be a part of. And he didn't want anything to do with it. In fact, the angel delivered the message to Gideon and had to perform a miracle before him. And then he asked him to destroy an altar. Gideon did so with the help of ten men. Then Gideon was asked by God, and Gideon then asked God, excuse me, to prove himself. If you really are God, make sure that there's dew only on this fleece and nothing on the ground. And that happened. And Gideon was like, whoa, that's cool. But I got one more request to prove to you. Really, just one more. Now what I want you to do is have dew all over the ground and leave the fleece on the ground. God didn't want to hear that. And that proved to Gideon that God really was stepping up to help Gideon to lead the people and to trust him himself. He didn't start out strong. He wasn't a valiant man. He wasn't a true warrior. But he trusted the Lord. And God said, I can help you. The next step actually is really interesting because he goes to fight against the Midianites. He starts with 10,000 men. And actually, God pairs it down to just 300 guys. And it's actually a fun story. You should go read it one time. But God's intention was that when the battle was over, the people of Israel would acknowledge that it was the Lord who won the battle. It was the Lord who delivered. It wasn't by the strength of the men or how many they had. It was the strength of God that did it. And it's all because he started with the word. And when it came time to fight, several weeks, who have we been listening to? And I talked about influencers in our world today. I mentioned many of the people that your kids are listening to. Andrew Tate, 14 billion views. He's influencing your kids. He's influencing your grandkids. He's telling people lies, and he actually says it from the scriptures in his mind. People don't believe that this is what's influenced our, our children. Yet it's funny, I look at all the influences that maybe were in our lives when 
because this device right here is all at their tips, their fingertips, and they get a chance to figure out who they want to listen to. Now, who are you trusting in? I find it intriguing. We give power to people and we don't even realize how much power we give to them. Think about it for a moment. Have you ever had this happen? Has this ever happened to you with your kids? They said something that they learned in school and you were like, no, that's not true. But teacher said so. Has this ever happened to anybody? Teachers are now influencing kids. Go watch it on TikTok. In fact, I don't recommend that at all. But if you ever go watch TikTok, you'll find it very intriguing that there are people out there who are teaching your kids and influencing your kids on how to think and your grandkids. Not the Bible anymore. And that's the scariest part. So let me ask you guys a question. Who are we trusting in? Are we trusting in God or are we trusting in ourselves? Because David tells us in Psalm 28 who he was trusting in, how he got strength in his life. In his trials, in his tribulations, the enemy is trying to destroy him and he's trusting in someone. Do you think it's the army? Do you think it's maybe his generals or his mighty men? Or is he trusting in the Lord? Well, he actually tells us who he's trusting in. It says in verse 1, Psalm 28, To you, O Lord, I call. My rock, be not deaf to me, lest if you be silent to me, I become like those who go down to the pit. Hear the voices of my pleas for mercy. When I cry to you for help, when I lift up my hands toward your most holy sanctuary. Do not drag me off with the wicked, with the workers of evil, who speak peace with their neighbors while evil is in their hearts. Give to them according to their work and according to the evil of their deeds. Give to them according to the work of their hands. Render them their due reward. Because they do not regard the works of the Lord or the works of His hands. He will tear them down and build them up no more. In our times of troubles, toward doubts, you have to turn to God. Or you're not going to turn to the light of this world. I'm just telling you this. It's going to get me canceled in this culture today. If I were to say that, let's say I ran for governor Michigan, if I were to say that, I'd get canceled. In our times of troubles and in our doubts, you need to turn to God would get me probably not elected, but very much so canceled. Because the people of the world you live in today think of God as a fear-mongering, misogynistic, hateful, gay-bashing, evil person. That's what people tell me. They tell me that all the time. Pastor, you're just misogynistic. You hate gay people. You hate transgender people. In your Bible, it says 
blah, 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 blah. You know what the saddest thing is? I can absolutely ask those people, have you ever read the Bible? You know what their answer is? 99, 99 out of 100 times? Nope, never opened it once. It's scary. Because David here does what we all need to be doing, and that is we need to be praying and asking the Lord for help. Many of the people in the world today just don't go to God. They don't need Him. They want to be God themselves. They think that if God doesn't hear their first prayers and answer their prayers the way they want them to be answered, that He must not be real. So why should I pray? I'm here telling you that's not true at all. God hears us. Trusting in the strength of the Lord in times of troubles is the only thing we can do. I have a personal confession for you. I'm not the greatest at doing this. In fact, this week I found out what our insurance is going to cost us through healthcare.gov. And I'm just going to confess to you. myself, and so I started studying, and I started reading, and I started praying, and God answered me, and He said, I got this, don't worry about it, I'm going to take care of you, and I said, but God, and He said, no, I got this, and I'm like, but God, I'm like, no, I got this, and I'm like, but God, and He's like, no, I got this, start trusting in me, and I went, but, but, and He goes, get your butt out of the way. step back and on Wednesday I was really struggling and I'm just sitting in my office and I'm praying and I'm reading the word and God just he just opened up the pages it was in this song so I went to the Lord my wife my wife reminded me of what we were telling others to do I first needed to do myself and I rejected her Fix this very expensive problem. 
story, the moral of the story is that I don't have to worry about money because God is in control and he's distributing my life. And that's what he told me in this song. He's going to take care of me. He's going to provide for me. I don't have to become a banker. I don't have to do anything I want. Go back to doing other things like working for Trader Joe's and buying new guns. Trust me.
have to worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has enough troubles of its own, yet we do. We worry about our 401ks. What am I going to do when I retire? How am I going to make it in this world? God's in control. He's going to take care of us. The scripture that I had to and continue to pray over and over and over again, because that's the first thing David does, is he cries out to God in the psalm. Here's the psalm. Here's what he does in the psalm. He cries out to God. And here's what I've been doing and praying for each one of you in this room. Here's what I've been praying for. It says this in Colossians. Chapter 1, verse 9. And so, from the day we heard, we not cease to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. That's my prayer for all of you, is that you'd be filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Verse 10, why? So that as you to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God. Verse 11, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy. That, that's my prayer for all of you guys. That's my prayer for all of Moline. And when I think about it, I think about all those kids I had on the football team, and I pray those things for those kids and their families. And then I think about the 8th grader team, and then I think about the ninth grader team that I coached a couple years ago, and then I think about all the kids that I coach, and I pray for them, and I ask God to be involved in each one of their lives. Verse 12, giving thanks to the Father who's qualified all of us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Verse 13, here's the one that totally wrecked my world. He has delivered us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son. We talked about darkness last week. This universe is created and we live in darkness. into light because of His beloved Son in whom we have redemption for the forgiveness of sins. I ask you guys to forgive me for doubting the endurance. I hope you can understand that I truly am sorry. That I didn't run to God. That I ran away from Him. That I was focusing on the storms instead of focusing on Him who says, I've got this. Listen to my voice. Stay with me. Says, stay with me. Follow me. My sheep hear my voice. Follow me. That's what Jesus said. And so I'm asking us, when you are in trouble, to follow Jesus Christ. And when you're struggling, let me know, because I want to help you through that. That's what God has given me, is a chance and an ability to help you through your kinds of troubles. When you have loss, when you have struggle and pain, I want to be there with you. You to know that I'm praying for you. I'm not a doctor. I can't fix the health problems. I wish I was a doctor. I'm not an engineer or a mechanic, so I can't fix your car problems or truck problems. And if it's a Ford, no one can. Just kidding, Mark. I love you. If it's a Chrysler, it's probably fine. 
himself out. Stomach, 
sitting on toilets and lying down there for a long time. I, I, I know heat. It's unreal. It says on the package, guaranteed to lose weight. I said to my wife, just this, just this Thursday, I'm like, I know why it's guaranteed to lose weight. I haven't eaten anything in four days. I'm like, I'm going to be on a fast here soon. It's going to be the easiest fast I've ever been on. I'll just take this thing on Monday and I'll be good. But I'm struggling through it. I'm like, what do I do, Lord? I can't eat anything. But I look to God as strength. I look to God as my shield. I look to the Lord as my refuge. He's the one who saves me. He is the saving refuge of his anointed one. As David so rightly put it in his psalm, God is our shepherd. He's the one who's going to carry us forever. When we turn from our ways and turn to his ways, we learn to live for heaven, not for here and now. Let me help you understand something. Live for heaven. Don't live for here and now. Go do what I did. Don't run from your problems. Learn to look to God prayer. Ask others to encourage you. That's why we get together in the church, by the way. We, we get together in the church to encourage each other, to build each other up. The church needs to be there for each other. We need to love each other in the midst of our trials and our tribulations and our sufferings. We need to care for each other as much as we humanly possibly can, and we need to encourage each other to look to God. race and we're, we're really close to the finish line. For some of us, we've just started the race. It's a relay race of a marathon, and so as you're passing a baton to somebody else, you need to be receiving a baton as well from somebody else. Otherwise, it becomes a very lonely relay race. But it's a marathon that we're all running. Here's my question to all writing the sermon, I wanted to confess my sins to you guys because I need healing from them. And when we confess our sins to one another, we are healed. Here's the beautiful thing. JD challenged us today. He challenged us with the Word of God. What are we doing with the Word of God? Are we giving to the Word? 
United States. It's got to be crazy. I think of Mark and Ashley Jr., and I think of Noah and Katie and their kids they just had. And I just go through this app, and I'd love to put you on that app so I can just pray for you guys. And I go down the list, and I pray for all of you, and I just think about God and where are they putting their trust in the midst of suffering, in the midst of pain, in the midst of trials in the world. Are they putting it in you, or are they putting it in their circumstances? And how can I help them get through their pain and suffering? And so I just pray for you guys. So here's the thing. This is what I'm going to do, because we have communion right now. We have communion at the end here, and I'm going to have everyone come up through the middle, and I'm going to pass out communion to you. And here's what's going to be. I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to do communion together. So if, Susie, you want to come up now as I pray for us, I'll let you do that. And then I'm going to get ready to do communion. But let me pray for you guys right now as a church. Let me just pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that from day to day that we hear, that we wouldn't cease praying, that we would be asking that all of us be filled with the knowledge of your will in all spiritual wisdom and all understanding. God, I pray that we could walk in a manner worthy of you, Lord, fully pleasing to you. I pray that we are bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in our knowledge of you. And I pray most importantly that we are being strengthened with all power according to your glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. sins, that we would be right with you in our, our minds, 